This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello and welcome to podcast 93. Um, I got some guests today. Who are you? Oh, they're being dickbags. <laughs> I'm Mr. Dale Harris. And I am Pete Williams. <laughs> Hello there. You sound so sophisticated. You do that. <laughs> yep, you guys are in for a whole hour of this. Cool. Um, <laughs> we'll settle down, we'll settle down. Yeah, no, you won't. And it'll be brilliant all, all the more for it. Um... So we are here, we are sitting in a cozy living room because it is freaking cold outside. Um, we've got fire going in the background and hopefully that's not too annoying to all of you, but it is very nice for us. Um, let's talk about some stuff. Some stuff happened recently. Stuff did happen. Things happened. There's a, there's a memento over uh, there. Yeah, a gi- giant heavy memento. A reg by the tamper on a wooden stand. Mm-hmm. It's been a good month. Yeah. Like, it's been a long month. It's been a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, what day is it now? It is the... 28th. So, we're about, what, two weeks out yeah. from, from the thing that happened? Yeah, 14 days since... Since, oh, 16 days. 16 days. 16 days, I can count, since... I genuinely thought for a moment Dale got up to go unwrap the trophy, which is sitting in a bag, and I thought he was going to show it to the microphone, for audio. and I was really concerned for a hot second, but he was just checking the date. It's got the date on it. <laughs> Clever Mental. boy. Um, 16 days, so does it feel like it's been two weeks? Since what happened? I don't know. You're going to tell me. 16 days ago, I won the World Barista Championship. Woo! Yeah. Is it sucking yet? Clearly not. No. 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 It's, it's still a little special. It's untarnished still. Untarnished? <laughs> you haven't done anything untarnished publicly that By yet. the long flights. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, still, you're still happy about it until you fly to Russia six times in a month. Yeah. All that to come. God knows what will come, but super happy that 16 days ago um, WBC happened in Seoul. And we had a lot of fun. Was it fun? Yeah. I think it was, yeah, one of the least stressful ones. It was, like, the weirdest bit was the end. Yeah. Was, and it's a very happy thing, mm. but it's the least computed thing. Mm. So everything, everything up until that point had been fun. Yeah. It's super happy, <coughs> still trying to work our way through. But it's also not prepared for. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we were prepared for fun. (laughs) I mean... Always. (laughs) Based on the the sheer amount of fried chicken backstage, I'd say, yeah, it was was all about the fun-ish. That's where fun starts. Fried chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So as you you pointed out before, we sort of started recording this for real. Um, You know, people can watch the routine online. And they not only can watch three versions of the routine online... Um, which are all pretty similar. Kudos to you for not ad-libbing too much. Or uh, of certain different qualities. Yeah, yeah. watch the semis. Watch the semis. <laughs> Smiley face. Um, and so I don't really want to talk too much about that here. Um, 
I'd much rather talk about all the things that led to it. But really briefly, do you want to give a, a quick synopsis of, of that thing just in case somebody hasn't seen it yet? Or do you want me to give a quick synopsis? Well, like, I don't know who's listening. Is it all people like us or are there, there people like that have not seen a barista competition? I would like to think that pretty much everyone has seen a barista competition. We do have a very niche audience. Love yeah. you guys. You are very niche. All 60s are great. <laughs> <laughs> we love you all. Yeah. So, brief synopsis of what I did. Of what, like, so we, we recently had to write, like, routine. a one-sentence uh, explanation of the routine. And, of course, naturally yours was two, but... Um, so, I built a 15-minute presentation around the idea that the most important thing around a coffee are the steps that created the flavors it has at origin. But it's really easy to put that information on the side of a piece of packaging or to list them on a menu board, but it's really hard to explain why they matter. It's really hard to build connections between flavors and altitude. And it's the, the, the big myth of, you know, barista competition is we say a piece of information and pretend that it means something. Um, so the idea was to build a presentation that didn't start with that information, but then later revealed some of it, but with enough context for it to be useful. Um, so that, that was the basic idea, mm-hmm. and we kind of started with that idea from a slightly different place, and it, it became that along the way, yeah. and then maybe it became more of certain elements of that as, yeah. as, as we drilled down into the details. Okay, so let's start there. What, what did you initially, like, so you've won UKBC. That in and of itself is, uh, is a big enough exciting thing. It's um, an exciting thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while. It was a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, we were in San Francisco right afterwards, so obviously, like, there was, there was some time that you could sort of process all of that and uh, think about what you wanted to do. Let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about that. We spent, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, like, I like barista competition. I spent a long time doing it. I used to be really bad at it. I got slightly better as time went on. Um, but it was nine years of competing at the national level. And I successfully placed, I think, 12th the first year. Oh, excuse me. Seriously? You had the sound on? <laughs> I, I forgot. Oh my god. So that's an alarm so that I, I have to do something in a minute, but I'll be right back. Jen's gonna fix this. <laughs> um in addition to his spare time yeah. preparing for barista competitions for nine years, um, Dale is also a, a fairly accomplished baker. Hey, accomplished is not a word. He's not accomplished. Okay. He's a he's a uh, avid. Avid baker, avid yeah, avid avid home baker. He likes it. No, he's, a, he's an accomplished barista competitor. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a uh, for the first time I think in maybe two three months since all oh, of this. It's more of us. Yeah. I've been here for too long. <laughs> for you, not for me. Maybe. <laughs> no, uh, but. Uh, yeah, pretty much since, for the first yeah, time since... Yeah, three and a half months. Yeah, three and a half months. Uh, Dale is baking his first loaf of sourdough bread again, which is usually a, like a weekly occurrence. Um, but with all the competition prep, has not really been happening. So uh, he'll be popping in and out every half an hour or so to turn the bread. Um, 
As so it, we'll chat. I'll be back. Yeah. Oh, hey. It doesn't take long. Oh, that's a quick thing. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so, nine Sounds years competing. So <laughs> oh, no, no, no. None of this is getting edited out. No, I don't, I don't have time for that. Um, nine years competing. You have just won UKBC. Um, and not, I mean, do you want to talk about any of those nine years? Or you, you no. have to, no. Like, like I'm, sure, <laughs> no. I'm sure things will come up and things yeah. that we learn along the way. But, like, my point was I competed for nine years and for eight years mm. and had not won. And it was something that I, you know, I'd always wanted to win. I always believed I had the ability to win. Like, mm. you, you play second a few times and you know that, like, my scores were good enough to do it if I just did this or did that or somebody else wasn't better than me that day kind of thing. So, like, that was part of why I kept competing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I, I, I hoped to win, but I had never really planned on what would happen if I did. Yeah. So when I did and had a holiday plan the week after... Yeah. Yeah, it was I like, was like, oh, dude. And I very rarely have a holiday because yeah. lots of lots of silly little things on the go all the time. There's always an excuse to put it off and do it. Oh, I do it after this thing. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to not take the holiday, but I also suddenly had a whole new project because it's the thing they don't tell you, or maybe they do tell you. Maybe it's very clear when you enter the nationals that what happens when you win is you have to do the whole thing again somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people use the same routine. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you allowed to? Yeah. Yeah. As coach, you should have informed me of this <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> I thought you had to start from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but do you think spending nine years... So, like, everybody kind of goes, like, oh, first you're in the world and you, you win. Yeah. Do you think nine years helps? It, yeah. Like, you're on stage, you're on stage not for the first time or for the third time or the fourth time it's you're on stage for the 40th time so prelims a lot I can't remember who it was I was chatting with somebody during the world at the back Pete Licata's business partner yes and we like and it was you know it was a new acquaintance we were talking about competition and like in the back room Uh, something she said was like you know, it really helps, you know, once you've been there before. And the way she said it was as if I'd been there before, like I'd passed that test. Yeah. I didn't look like a newbie at the back. And I wasn't making silly mistakes. It's just like, yes, <laughs> I fit in. No one's noticed. No one's noticed. <laughs> <laughs> your way through. Like, but then, you know, like, you look at some of the other competitors and even people who have won. So like Sasha, it was his first time in the world, so he competed many years running. Mm-hmm. Um, other people have been around national competitions for years whether they've won or not before they made it to the Worlds and then done really well so Mike Phillips was his first year at the Worlds or was his second? second second yeah um, but yeah there have been a few Gwillem mm-hmm. he aced everything in one year yeah like that's a that's something that must be unbeaten elsewhere yeah like you'd have to be in a you'd have to win in a country without regionals to be able to win the Worlds competing less than Gwillem Davies <laughs> like true yeah that's a that's that's a man who's got it. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I had you solid experience. I had I had some solid years of experience behind. So. And that helps. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't get on stage and instantly crumble. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then what happened after? So holiday, little think. So I had a holiday and had a little think about what we could do, and there were. Uh, 
you know, I was really proud of what we've done in the national competition this year, and also, like, in previous years, we've done things that were really exciting, but um, things that would be fun. But there were things with the national competition that I knew I could do better, uh, that I knew that I could work harder at, but also things with the routine that hadn't gone how I hoped and that there were easy ways to fix it. There were easy ways to not make those mistakes, but there were things that were really integral to that routine yeah. and to the coffee I was using. So it's like, you know, I want to use a new coffee, um, one that we have more of and mm -hmm. more consistent roasts of. In the building. Yeah. So like, nice. if we're using a new coffee, we should build a new routine around it. There were also weird things about the coffee that were we didn't know which coffee we wanted to use, we just knew which ones we didn't want to use. We wanted to use something special, we wanted Steve, um, my boss, roster, guys. Temper tantrum guy who kind yeah. of does yeah. this podcast. After, um, yeah. Like, I wanted Steve to, to effectively choose the coffees or have impact on that, but I also... I said no naturals. But the, so <laughs> we expected this, I expected this, and I was right, to be the only time I ever compete at the world level. <laughs> like, and there was a dead cert from the beginning. This yeah, on, the we're not. Yeah, this is, this is a, a one-time only thing, so I wanted Steve to choose the coffee, but I wanted to have impact on it. And so I was like, Steve, if you can pull together some coffees from within the building, coffees we've already sourced, that we can cup. And he was like, I can, but like, there's some really tasty things coming in like two weeks. And I was like, but I want to go on holiday and think about my routine and like write it and come back. He's like, no, you have to wait because, you know, there are coffees that are coming that are really exciting. And I've got this one and I'll tell you a story about it. He's like, I don't want to hear the stories. I just want to cut the coffee. So, but the story's really good. He told me a story about the coffee. And I was like, I'm trying to ignore this. and I'm not going to get excited by it. Um, so I went on holiday, came back, and all the way through my holiday, he was texting me little snippets about the story. Texting we, you little snippets. We got recordings. Yeah, audio files from the farmer. Yeah. Uh, talking, talking about chemicals within the soil and super exciting things going on there. He's like, I'm not going to like fall for this and ignore it. And then we had a blind cupping table of eight coffees uh, when we got back. Uh, we'd already agreed that, you know, uh, Pete, this is Pete. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Pete is my long-term coach and... <laughs> Where was that going? <laughs> long-term partner in crime. <laughs> Pete's my friend and he helps me do coffee sometimes. Yeah. Um, Pete was going to be on board and I really trust Pete's judgment so we were going to cup them together and cup them with Steve and you know, decide what we wanted to do. Um, and actually, it was a really happy thing. So... There are a couple ways I could go. It could be there's one exceptional coffee in the seven ship ones, yeah. and we have to go with the good one. Um, it could be that there were eight good but boring coffees there, which is my expectation. So we have some nice coffees, yeah. there'd be nothing really shining there. And there were eight super interesting coffees. Um, all different. There was, there was a natural in there, somehow. Mm -hmm. uh, no Pacamaras, who's no. good, because I have a phobia of Pacamaras these days. <laughs> And you know, watch them change on you. What's, what's your brewing? And just do something different. Chasing on alleyways. Yeah. They're big. <laughs> They're bigger than me. Oh, yeah, you get you. <laughs> um, so we got eight coffees. They were all exceptional, but there were two that really shone. Uh, it was just like super, super good flavor, super good balance. And then we looked at what the coffees were. Two the same farm. The same farm, same variety. 
and they were the ones with the fancy story, and uh, it was just, well, where can we go with that? Yeah, you went in a Steve Aitken to tell you, yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. Smugly. Which he did. Yeah. Yeah. Smugly. He didn't hop back. Um, so like, yeah, let's make a decision. We have eight weeks to build a routine around this. There's some interesting differences between the two lots, which gave us an opportunity to think about those differences and to, to identify a few things, a few differences that might lead to the few differences in flavor. And then we went on a little journey with that. Yeah. Um, Did we get there? It was a little bit longer to get there. Yeah. Like it was a couple of weeks, I think two weeks um, of playing with other ideas and through a service. Yeah. And like they kept slowly getting winged so they, out. They, they, maybe it's fun to talk about the ideas that didn't make it. Yeah, that was going to be my process. question. Yeah. yeah. Well, because at first you had a really, uh, really interesting idea, but I think a very difficult one to execute, which was you wanted to give your presentation in Spanish. Mm. Uh, yeah. No, like, maybe I will come back to do this after a few years traveling Central America. Yeah, yeah. Come back with a beard. Come back with a beard. Beard, like all dry. Like good, like good worn copy of Motorcycle Diaries in your pocket. Hola. Hola. I'm back. So, how much of this is going to be edited? <laughs> None of it. It's not fair the, the very vague idea was that there would be an interesting story in we describe coffee's flavors through words and through things that something tastes like something else you've already had so this this weird translation thing already happens between sensory experience and words but then we're talking about this with other people and maybe they're from different cultures particularly at the world level uh, but also with coffee farmers uh, or people in coffee producing regions, mostly speaking Spanish, and you're trying to have these conversations about what a coffee tastes like. Mm. And you're pinning prices on what coffee tastes like. And words can be difficult. And uh, what happens if we, if we factor that in? So instead of trying to build a presentation in Spanish that reflected some of those voices that are missing, but also some of those challenges around communication. Mm -hmm. um, how many words do you speak in Spanish? I did it all, my whole lot there. Hola. <laughs> Hola. Yeah. Buenos dias? Yeah. I think you know seven or eight words, and I, I probably know two others. We learned very quickly that that was not a good idea. No. Interesting idea. Not a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Challenging in eight weeks. Hilarious. <laughs> Tough for the run shoes. Yeah. I had to learn it too then. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like it. I was like... And the lisp would have been even more of a problem. Oh no, it would have helped. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's in character. Yeah. For oh, Spain, Spanish. That's, that's it. That's it. He's 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 gone full like <laughs> Basque region us. So yeah, that was that was one of my few ideas that that got cold early on. For good reasons. Yeah, we there were lots of ideas that got cold for good reasons. Um, there were a few factors feeding into some of the ideas. So there were new rules. Uh, around table settings and it was like is this something we can use to do something interesting or yeah. is it you know does it open up opportunities to do something valuable or is it just playing around the edges yeah. um, and like the table setting has been fixed for I don't know two three years and yeah. the three four years before that it was very similar mm. um, the machine angle changed and little things but there was something interesting there. It was just how do you unlock potential from it? 
Um, we spent a lot of time looking at the nine settings. We made some cardboard cutouts yeah. for tables. Uh, oh, that's terrible. The room. So big changes. National national level in the UK, the, all the tables are 1.8 meters. When you go up to 2.4 for your presentation tables, they're pretty big. And mm. um, yeah. when you when you add 2.4 meters to 2.4 meters, yeah, 4.8. Yeah, it's, it's a table, tennis table. Yeah. Okay. And when you're trying to serve beverages from one end to another, it can be yeah. So we we had. I a did, this is about. this isn't this is a conversation we're getting into rule changes that could go away and how bad the choices for WC were. Like some of those tables. Are terrible. Yeah. Yeah. They're not for. They're not. They're not made for the service of anything, which is a sad thing. Yeah. Like I'm like that's not a table I would serve people at. So why why we choose it? But that's another conversation I was like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we started. There's arguably also like that's part of the challenge is, can you imagine a way to use this? <laughs> can you get around bad service choices? Hurdle <laughs> number one. To be to be fair, we didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't. Um, like you, there are nine options, like one of which was the the previous used option. Is like, is there a way we can use this to do something different and valuable and interesting? Mm. Um, valuable is a big word. Yeah. Can we can we use it to do something fun and interesting that feels different without it just being throwaway and silly? Um, and so that fed into some ideas. We had other ideas. Um, Using folding tables, that is. Folding tables. Folding tables was a thing that we'd done before a couple of years ago in the UK where we had a table that folded in the centre. Um, so we could reveal different service styles um, and we were looking at ways, you know, making tables has been a thing for a little while for me. It's like, oh yeah, competition, we should definitely buy some plywood. Yeah. <laughs> first, yeah. first thing we should do is build a table. Uh, so we've, we've learned lots about fabric hinges and little things. So I was making crazy drawings of, you know, have this hidden area where I can make a sick drink undercover and then reveal it. Um, looking at super complicated ways to do different things. Um, at the same time, we kept coming back to some other ideas, one of which was we'd had a little day trip. A day trip. We had a little Saturday out together a few weeks before the UK competition. Um, there was an exhibition at Somerset that House. Was, yeah, it was a super good. It, was a it wasn't a day out, it was a fun afternoon. Night. Yeah. It was like a couple hours where. Yeah, it wasn't Alton Towers. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, and we went to Burr Market first, which is something nice. Oh, yeah. It's a bro market, we had donuts, we had some coffee, we looked at the cathedral. So the cathedral. How is it that you guys have nicer dates than I get? Like, <laughs> we realized we had some time together. Yeah, just some real time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is me glaring well, at my I, partner I right can, now. I can eat the donuts, Jan, that's why. That's true. Yeah. You like, can't eat the donuts. We shared them. We had donuts together. <laughs> what is this, like the lady in the tramp? Like... I held this hot coffee for too long as he chose beers. That's right. Pissed off. As we shared the beers. Yeah. Check the beers on the front of the mic. He can't do the beers. Yeah. I was getting sorry, I was calling you coffee. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you uh, guys had a lovely afternoon. But then we went together. to an exhibition in Somerset House based on it was, it was, it was based on perfumes, yeah. And we didn't know what it was. We went in and they handed us a blank sheet of paper and we had to go around through this little kind of like they were they were curated Yeah. Curated rooms. rooms. Each room was designed around a perfume maker and one of their signature scents. Yeah, and you had to explore it without knowing what it was and write down things, which was what we do. Yeah, this is this is what, what coffee do people do every day, except... They did it better. 
Yeah. <laughs> much, much better. <laughs> they did it With to money. a level that we were, we left, we'd like, we went in going, this will be a fun thing. And then we were like, oh yeah, coffee, we should get better at this kind of thing. Like, yeah. like this is, this is done well. This is done tightly. This is fun and engaging. Um, interesting things like the vocabulary is very different. Um, words used like semen and sweat. Yep. Um, no blood. That's just one of the exciting things. Every, everything was fun and very interactive without really being about the product. So like you watch a perfume advert on TV and you can't smell it, but they sell a thing. Mm-hmm. And this was a much more pared down version of that where each room was trying to create a feel or, or not creating a feel. So one of them was like a designed to feel like you were praying in a confessional in a church. So it was all like the perfume was very wooden. It was the smell of that kind of building. Oh, and they brought back memories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Monthly in school. Um, and others were just like, here's a comfy sofa and you sit down and in the background there were sounds playing or light shows or whatever. But, but in there was hidden ones like the, the chair you were lying on had like ferns on it and there was like a weird kind of thing in the, in the sense that was the ylang ylang. Yeah. But it was all very well done and makes you think about how to look at how to how to communicate these things, how to like increase perception or change perception of mm. things, and it was fun. And the fun thing was also important because sometimes we can be a little bit dry or talking about things at such a level that you lose that aspect of oh, it's fun to taste new things, it's fun to smell new things. Um, so that was an experience we'd had together. So it was a good reference for the holiday. Yeah, I mean, before we were thinking about competition, yeah. so it was nice that. When we're having these ideas, like, oh, you know, we did this thing. And maybe this was time mostly to sig drink at that point. Yeah. It was like awesome. trying to give Pete a brief for a sig drink. We had a, a, you know, a coffee that we were going to use. Weren't sure how to open it up. Um, we needed a brief for the sig drink. And it's like, oh, you know, I really enjoyed this thing. We did it at Somerset House and trying to find a way to use that. And so that was an idea that was floating around. Um, where did GCMS come from? A random email uh, to Mark. So, so, like random. Like, I, like I just had this thought. Like, wouldn't it be fun if we like? And again, this ties to to where we ended up, which was, wouldn't it be nice if we could tell the truth? Yeah, if we could really like, understand why something tasted of something, and you know, maybe we could run coffee through GCMS. That could be fun. We don't really know what that might mean. Yeah, you know, we we. We had a vague idea what GCMS was. We had a vague idea that, you know... You did. I did. <laughs> but then I had a vague idea that you could describe a coffee in a more objective way. Mm-hmm. And it might not be super useful, but it'd be yeah. super interesting. And I was like, you know, how would you do that? I got a friend. I got a friend who's done things with, you know, technology and food, which was uh, it's actually... A, um, a guy who works on technology for the Fat Duck, uh, called Mark Garston, um, and I know that I knew that they'd done similar research on other food products before. So it's just like, Mark, could you help me out? Do you know anyone? And he was super, super happy to help, and very quickly put me in touch with uh, the University of Nottingham's, uh, who I have Division of Food Sciences, uh, and the associate professor there, Ian Fisk. 
introduced me to one of his PhD students, all these names, Gloria, and these are all people who, for no good reason, were like, yeah, I'll waste some of my time on you. Yeah, a whole day to you. Yeah. Two days. Um, two days, multiple emails, but they were like, everyone was super happy to help. Um, and that was a nice thing. And like, I think the nine years helps with that as well. Yeah. Like having, not just the nine years in competition, but having spent time building some of those relationships and working with people and having a few people, be it somebody to talk to about making tables yeah. or somebody to talk to. Yeah, you've you gone through all the motions before for this many, yeah. many times. You're like, oh, man. Yeah, we do. We, we have a friend who can help us with this thing or might be able to introduce us to someone. Yeah. So, um, and the basic question we asked was, so, like, we do coffee and there's this coffee competition and we don't know much about it, but would we be able to run this through GCMS and understand some of the chemicals in the coffee? And they were like, yeah. Gloria, Gloria has some ideas around this. She's doing work with that. Um, and we were aware of other things, of the Shahan. Mm -hmm. um, uh, from Shahan Yeretsian, who was on the SAE board at the same time that I was um, heading their kind of research, uh, I forgot what we called them, division directorship, uh, whatever. Um, it was a university of York had done work on this before, so we started reading some, some of the papers on GCMS of coffee, read some papers that Gloria had done working on Robusta, and there's super interesting things there, but none of it was very focused on what we were looking at, which was, you know, brewed shots of espresso, the actual thing that yeah. the judges would drink. Yeah, they did a lot of dry, um, dry, mm -hmm. dry coffee, roast aromas, things yeah. like that. Um, and there are limitations to to what we were what we were hoping to do. Basically, you know, you're only measuring one part of the beverage. Should I explain what happens? So like yeah, I think really briefly. All right. So as I find out along my as we researched and found out more, um, GCMS on a very basic level, you can take a sample of something, be that. Um, Normally, it's headspace, mm -hmm. so it's so it's the air within a vessel above a thing, a dry product, a wet product, whatever. Um, and then the product is held at various temperatures, and a small sample uh, that as that product is heated, what goes through a small pipe or a syringe or sample is um, oh, I'm explaining this badly. It's <laughs> Samples measure different temperatures, and at those different temperatures, different chemicals are released. Mm -hmm. And the gas chromatograph separates the chemicals, mm -hmm. and the mass spectrometer, mass spectrometer identifies what those compounds are and the quantities of them. Mm -hmm. um, so it basically gives you a, a blueprint of a thing. And in this case, it was blueprint of a shot of espresso. Uh, for what we were using it for, we, we had a day on the machine and we got an understanding of how the machine could be used, mm -hmm. yeah. but it would, be, it would be a lie to say it was science. It was more, we did a kind of analysis on a coffee and understood some things and we compared it to some other coffees. Oh, what you did was um, science, but I think it was a surface analysis. It was not a... Oh, oh yeah. it was scientific-ish. Like, it wasn't science and we didn't design a good experiment. And follow it through mm. from a hypothesis to a conclusion and test every variable or isolate every variable. What we did was we we wrote we gave ourselves a very side question, like what makes the, 
what is different in this one to this one to this one to this one? Mm -hmm. And we effectively tested four shots of coffee that were roasted to similar degrees, that were brewed to a similar recipe um, within what we felt was an acceptable tolerance for this, and we looked at the results. Um, we took a day to run the analysis on yeah, those, those four shots. Scared. Well, this also happened a bit later on because yeah. so, we're now... So we had this idea, like, maybe seven weeks in, we kind of knew the coffee, but we had to go through some things. We needed to make sure that we could roast it and rest and have a good rest period. We also needed a date that we were we were able to use the equipment. So Gloria booked us in a day, which I think was... The 10th. 10th October 9th. October 9th, yeah. And the competition was... The date starting November 9th. Yeah. So we have four weeks. Four weeks from getting the results. Um, and lots of work was happening before then. Effectively... We had a routine waiting for information. Yeah, so we, we had an idea of what we were hoping to achieve and what, yeah. what we wanted to achieve, and we started building that routine and filling in words. And we, we got to the point four weeks in... With, the, with the phrase of, we're just waiting for the science. We're just waiting for the science. <laughs> that, that, was, yeah. that was said a lot. Um, yeah. There, there, was, there were some blanks to be filled, but we had this idea that if, if this analysis worked and we got the information we were hoping we could get from it, this is how the routine would run, and we would fill in those blanks, and we'd, we'd be left with the one big gap we had, which was during that time we found a way to take this coffee that tastes incredible on the cupping table, we found a way that we were comfortable with it as a roast, um, yeah. that Steve was, you know, felt was getting the best flavors from the coffee. Um, we found a way to brew that roast that we felt comfortable with was a, was a good extraction, but might need some tweaking when we got there and the water was different, whatever, whatever, whatever. We, we filled in other blanks. We designed the experiment a bit more while we were waiting. So we worked with Maxwell to, to yeah. get a, a water recipe that would match what we expected to see in Korea. Yeah. Um, so we could run that when we ran shots for the analysis we could use that came up with words and we started building on that playset idea on yeah. how we present the espresso if we could get these compound things but everything was very reliant on this science yeah. the biggest one was the sick drink yeah I was yeah so we got to this point where we were going to somehow identify chemicals that were within each beverage uh, or specific to each beverage and that was that analysis was going to reveal this whole new layer of flavor in the espresso that you couldn't quite taste. And I was going to take those flavors or those compounds and give them to Pete, who's, who's good at things. Oh. I was going to say, Pete, Here's, I need this. Make these happen. And an hour later, he was going to give me a signature beverage because I didn't have much time to practice with yeah. it. Um, but I think, yeah, like I think not much time also is... You didn't have much time, but you we also had yeah. you also had personal constraints put upon you by setting out goals. Yeah, and I did, the thing you're missing in all this is that like you have a strict kind of like schedule to abide by, and we had set ourselves a goal of sick drink finished by seven on the ninth on the like seventeenth. Because because it was in the calendar and it has to be done. But also oh, because we the twentieth. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, it has to be done. We have no choice. We get results on the tent. It takes two days to get the signs, and then we have three days to make a signature because we have to. So, uh, the twentieth was, and I hope very much 
that all of you listeners who may desire this get to the position where you win your national competition and many of the judges or people you compete alongside come around and say like you know that was really good like anything we can do to help you and I was like yeah thanks yeah actually yeah because one thing is important yeah I need help um need help from different opinions looking at what you're doing help from you know people who've judged and people who've competed at that level and that kind of advice and support is really useful because otherwise you end up bouncing ideas amongst yourselves yeah you, you miss everything yeah and you miss lots of super important things so uh, Andrew Tolley who who has judged me in the past but has also you know uh, Andrew's always judged me he's, he's, he's always. yeah he's also judged me <laughs> past, present and a long time ago, but he's also coached a number of competitors he's been on the circuit he's judged at the world level mm-hmm. um, he'd offered uh, if the opportunity arose, I could use his rostery and pop down and do some run-throughs with him. Um, and I think he probably thought run-throughs of the routine he just did, but do it better and tidier with yeah. less mistakes kind of thing. And I was like, okay, let's set a date. So we set a date and wanted to build the routine in time for that, which at various times became super stressful. Um, I was very worried about... So we, we invited a fair few people there, so... Uh, Tim Sturk and Maxwell, uh, Dashwood, awesome um, Mark Lamberton, yeah. So, so people, people who've judged in the UK, but people I have to work with, <laughs> people, people who know me and know where I live and know my <laughs> reputation, good or bad, can affect my reputation, good or bad. Yeah. We made this plan that we would, we would have a finished routine to present to them, and they'd be super impressed because they're like, "Wow, in six weeks you did a good job. That's a, that's a cool new thing." Yeah. Um, so that was the goal, um, and that meant that we had this real small window between when we'd have the science and when we'd have the thing. Yeah, we had 11 days from science to finish routine for people who were going to judge you. And we had, a, we had a few of the answers. So we knew how the coffee tasted, we just didn't know why or the full explanation, but we knew the angle that we wanted it to go, and we were kind of crossing our fingers, like, can this work? Uh, we got to the University of Nottingham, uh, I said I'm in Gloria, we spoke about timelines, things like that. And she was like, yeah, so like the, the work's going to take like a day and then, you know, I'll, I need to research through it. I, I need to work through that data and then I can give you like an analysis with all these like interesting bits of information and I'll probably have that, you know, mid next week. You both look sad out here. Yeah. I think, like, huh. I, think, I think the blood drained from our faces. And she was like, do you need it faster? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when <laughs> tomorrow and she was like oh dear lord <laughs> kids okay I'll get it for you tomorrow yeah. she did and she did she um, it's a lot of work it was a lot of work and she provided us with um, she provided us with some stuff that we could understand very quickly a yeah. long list of chemicals uh, which is beyond what would have happened had she just given us the raw date and said, off you go, mm-hmm. which is what we deserved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. Instead, she gave us a long list of chemicals that were present, the concentrations they were present, uh, the relative concentrations of each, yeah. um, but also the flavours that they were linked to. Which is what we need. It's the most important thing. Um, the challenge was then really interpreting that from from the very base, like, these are 60 things that are in all these coffees and which ones are important and which ones are valuable to this. Uh, and we probably spent a day 
Peter and I spent a day looking at that and crying. Maybe. No, I, I, I stepped away from that. <laughs> but, yeah, like, <laughs> I stepped away because I was like, all three of us going to look at this for days. Yeah. And I got other things to look. I got, I got stuff that Amazon buy. So I'm going to step away from the science bit at the moment. You um, two can delve into that and get lost because it's... Like, it was, it was super exciting to look at. It was also super scary because there was so much there. It'd be nice if you had more time. Yeah. And you also had a glory next to you. So, so this is the thing with, with good science is with every experiment you get to the point where you realise if I had more money, more people, more time, I could do this properly. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how big, like the, uh, the Large Hydron Collider, they look at that and they go, oh, but if we had more time <laughs> and more money... 40 more billion, 40 people. billion more. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was super exciting. I felt there was something there. The first thing was there was something there. Like there was... Differences. There were differences. And there, there was the big risk that we were doing this, that actually the aromas of, the, of these espresso was going to be technically the same. Yeah. And everything was going to be down to sensory perception or those differences in like sweetness that you perceive on your tongue, which you can't measure that way. Um, but there were clear differences. It was just picking out which ones were useful and which ones weren't. And I spent a bit of time on it. Uh, but really, I spent a bit of time briefing Jan. on it's like, this doesn't work. This isn't what I want. This, is, this bit isn't useful. This is what I need. And then I went and did something else. I think I installed a machine and made a cappuccino or something. Um, and then on about a, every 15 minutes, Jen would send me a message or an email with, what about this? Or if we present it this way, or you know, if we, if we remove this data, or do whatever. And we said drilling down from, I think there were 60 compounds at the very beginning. Yeah, thereabouts, yeah. And effectively, we refined this down to, maybe down to... Four that really tied to the flavors in the espresso. And they were almost the most important ones. Was like, we can taste these things in the espresso. Yeah. Is there something that matches or, or corresponds well? Mm-hmm. So we found those. And then we looked at the ones. So we, one of the shots we also compared was a, a different extraction recipe that we designed for the milk shop. Um, and so we found the ones that were particularly different in there. The higher concentration in that slightly different extraction recipe. So that was interesting, and that was kind of, uh, if it wasn't truly scientific in the way we'd done the, the analysis, mm-hmm. there was a clear correlation between this and this. So that was fun and easy. And the hard one was the signature drink, because the, the biggest, the, the largest proportion of those compounds tasted of roasts and nuts, or coffee. Like mm-hmm. They were generic coffee flavors, because coffee tastes mostly yeah. like coffee. You got to do your bread uh, for a minute? Yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. We're getting tired from the talking anyway. You, you guys. Yeah, you got to let us do it. <laughs> yeah, what can we talk about? He's gone. He won't be gone for long. He's busy. He's mid. Mid-flow. But, um, well, the, the really interesting thing for me about all of that stuff was that uh, one of the other like, challenges that we had is we were looking at the aromatic perception thresholds of yeah. all those things. And... We, so then we also had to strip everything out based on what was actually perceivable versus yeah, well, like, what, what was yeah. just there. And then that just complicated been, things so much. Been, yeah, because it would have been so easy just to yeah. go, it's in there. Yeah. Here you go, judges. Here's the pineapple ketone. You know? Oh, and that was, that was, I was sad when that one didn't work out. I kind of wanted not to work out because well, yeah, we would have we ran with it and the name pineapples was everywhere. Pineapple. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pineapple ketone is a thing I taste of, but don't these strawberries? Yes. 
funnily mm. enough. We're under the pineapple ketones, aren't we? Oh, my favourite. I so wanted that to be in there. Yeah. We were saying, like, the other challenge was the, the aromatic uh, perception thresholds and things like that. Yeah. And how, yeah. it, like, in the end... that ruined it all for us. <laughs> yeah. We wanted it to be perceivable as well. It could be so easy just to... Take a thing and run with it. Just go, yeah. Like, it's there. It's on the list, so it must be there. So, we know you say we lost a couple of days, but... We lost a few days. Jen spent a couple of days kind of hiding those compounds, and I was pretty stressed during that time. I think Pete was getting pretty stressed because... I, I, again, very, I got stressed. I had a little tantrum at one point. Like... In the car. And it, like, it was great. Because we had two tantrums. <laughs> there was a tantrum in the car. Tantrum was a car with a sick drink. What was that? I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am known for tantrums. Like, I have a tantrum. <laughs> Um, like the reality is like we spend a long time with each other every day yeah com- and competition is a very like I don't want to say self-obsessed but I guess self-obsessed but you're, you're really focused on one thing and you're spending all your time thinking about it and talking about one thing so it becomes it begins to feel much more important than it is yeah and like important is not the word but like the importance of it to your day and to to, to hitting those goals and to not falling more than anything not falling behind or not being the one who's holding other people back mm, mm-hmm. and as you as you progress through those tasks particularly when you know we were sitting down every every morning every morning we were having a meeting every morning around like 15 and <laughs> we were having a bowl of porridge and we were looking at the tasks ahead but we would have tasks for the week and tasks for the day and you know, part of part of having Pete on board was having that focus because I would have fallen apart otherwise. Like I would, I would not have had a plan. I would yeah, have got through that. And well, yeah, you, have, you also have a lot of other things in your on yeah. your plate. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, like for for people who don't know, I come in, I came in as like I've been coaching for five years with you. Yeah, helping coaching is a rough word. It's helping me, helping with me, but coaching with other people. Yeah, like always helping with you as a yeah. friend, chilling out, and like. It would be like I was like it'd be nice to come in and finish this off, but I can only do that if like I do a full time and there's just like there's a fee involved because then it's like it's proper it's done professionally and, and also everybody's a goal and I I have a purpose I don't just come in and sit in the beanbag all day yeah I come in I set a desk up and we I focus and there were challenges and benefits with that as well like part of the benefit was to feel that I wasn't wasting someone's time or yeah no one was wasting anyone's time. But one of the challenges there was also then there's any responsibility. Like, what am I asking of somebody? What are, what are they delivering? Yeah. And that leads to stress because, you know, someone's being paid to do a job, somebody's being reliant on that happening, and, you know, it's also, a, it never becomes somebody else's responsibility. Like, no. you can ask somebody to help you with your sick drink, you can ask somebody to help with your ideas, and you can pay them to do it, but they have yeah. to come from somewhere, and it will not be a good routine unless it's something... I'm a big fan of always putting this back upon you. Yeah. Like, I, I know the importance of that. Of a, a and that's something we've learned over the years as yeah. well. It's like, if I like, do it all yeah. on my own, you're like, I don't understand any of this. Yeah, and so when like, something goes wrong on stage, on stage. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing to kind of get involved a lot with it. Even if it's not something you enjoy doing or something you, you like, it's, it's yeah. to take ownership of, of it from start to finish yeah. and have, like, have your presence as an aid because if they run away and go crazy, you're like, normally I go crazy. Yeah. And you're like, you don't see four steps. It yeah. can break down so so hard because you're like, 
I don't know how this is done or you get on stage and it doesn't work you're like fuck I don't know what to do like it's it, I'm gonna lean towards yeah, the microphone this is, this is a moment, this a moment. Uh, yeah. so like and I, I'm not sure I can keep it in my head like we can get lost in the detail of you know the interesting things we did along the way but the really important thing was I finished the national competition a better barista than I'd been for a while because it's been a few months you know, working on things around my other job and, you know, making a lot more cappuccinos, a a lot more competition-focused beverages, you know, beverages to those recipes, brewed in those vessels and the things. But I was still, you know, pretty shaky. And it was a part-time thing, and I think that I did around other things. Um, But having Pete on board and really deciding that, you know, for eight weeks, we're going to do other things, but our focus is going to be on this, and we're going to put all our energy like two two grown adults and put yeah. all their energy into developing a 50 minute dance routine with beverages and we did it like that's what we did for eight weeks yeah. and we got progressively closer and although you know there were moments even on you know the final day where I was unhappy with things I was doing you know the drinks didn't meet the standards that I was setting for myself I got better at making coffee yeah like a lot better and making coffee over eight weeks you know the you know the first few days I was pulling good shots and I kind of you know I can make espresso but I was doing things sloppily and I didn't feel tired and I didn't feel in control and by the end of it I I wasn't just making coffee consistently the same way I felt good making coffee consistently so I felt yeah. in control I mean there's a big step up from your national level yeah to the world's yeah and it's like and that didn't mean that I it could guarantee the taste results. No, or, but you, you know what things. You can leave stage happy. Words. Yeah, and my biggest worry, and you know, to some people this will sound stupid, but my biggest worry was I would get up there on the first day of the competition and I would embarrass myself. I would either just make really bad coffee and everyone go, "That was not tasty," because I didn't know what I was doing, or I would. And this was sound even worse. I would have spent eight weeks learning words and then I get up there and I would not know what to say. Yeah. Like, genuinely was a worry. Um, so, what was my point? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah got, you lean forward. I got better at coffee. <laughs> you got better at coffee. We got better at coffee because we worked at it for a while. Practice. Yeah, we practiced like 97 times. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, where, where did the story leave off? Where we got to get the sick drink making? So... I, I gave Pete a brief and he had at that point three days to make a sick drink. Yeah. It was like... I got a brief already. I, we had a little moment where I was like, I had a morning, you were like, I need a brief for a sick drink. So I spent my morning drawing things on, on pieces of paper. Yeah. And wear things. I was like, we can try to do this if we have chemicals. Different, different delivery mechanisms for different flavor groups. Yeah. Like everything's a... F- like the group would be... I was like, first of all, I'd be like, right, how do we get things from espresso over to there? Yeah. Like, how from, at that point, we're going to change table as well. So, what we had at that point was an interesting routine about chemicals and this idea that we're going to have two tables and there was going to be a sensory playset inspired by the perfume exhibit where people would smell things and they'd be tied to those chemicals and then they would turn around and there would be a signature drink 
are based on the playset. Based on the playset, and maybe they bring items from one table to another, or bring ingredients over. That would link, and my my always my goal is for a drink is to link back to the espresso heavily. Yeah, like you got to get that link. They have to travel back to the synergy. Espresso. Yeah, it's asked for in the in the rules, yeah. and a big thing throughout this was we were going to do everything we could to be interesting and different, but we were gonna. I don't want to say follow the rules. We were going to embrace... Play within the boundaries. Yeah, we were going to embrace the limitations that were there and push some of them and stick very close to some of them. Yeah. Um, like, in some ways, parts of the routine were super conservative. Yep. Um, like coffee making. Yeah. Make like tasty coffee. But, like, you didn't, you didn't... Like, it wasn't it wasn't a thing to kind of go crazy and push the boundaries there. Because we were choosing to do it elsewhere. Yeah, you can't do everything. And at the beginning, we, you know, we wanted to like, say, okay, so let's try and make espresso in a different way. Let's do a different thing. And part of that is my, my skill level or what I'm comfortable with. And we really wanted to challenge that and not just do what felt comfortable. Um, so we explored a few things. We put an EK out. We a few shots through there. Like I wanted to, I wanted to finish the whole thing feeling proud that you know, at least we had tried to learn things, yeah. tried to push myself. But it's also part of, like, in your head, you have to kind of pretend to try and fit in with what's going to happen to the world. So yeah. Instead of getting on stage and doing what you want to do. Yeah. You're going, oh, I, need, I need to bring that in, I need to bring this in, because that's what happens. And, you know, you get to the end and you're like, everybody does the same thing, thinking they're different. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of just get on and be conservative in some ways. Ways that don't score you points. Yeah. Like no, no one really. Like this is tradition. No one's really judging you. No one ever judges you how you produce that cup of coffee. Yeah. In, in theory. Yeah. So it was, it was good. But yeah, it was. Make a big sick drink of people bringing parts over and each one be a family, and then we realized that was a terrible idea. Super complicated, super difficult logistically, regardless yeah. of like the preparation, but also time wise. So we'd effectively built a script that took initially much longer, yeah. but we got it down to around 10 minutes to produce two quarts of drinks that would leave us in a place where we can make a sick drink. And we needed a few things to already be on, on the go, a few things to be ready, uh, including the shots, yeah. the three-brew machine, we wanted to use that because there was a luxury not afforded in most national competitions. Your uh, first time after nine years? First time after oh, an three group. Wow. The big boys play on these all the time. <laughs> so, there were a few things ready. We knew we'd have shots ready. We knew that we'd laid seeds about sensory perception. And then we were going to do... Oh, also the other part of the brief was we were going to do the entire competition, competition presentation in the last four minutes. Yeah. All the fun information, all the things that would score you points and demonstrate coffee knowledge, as well as the signature beverage and flavor descriptors. Four minutes. And a Springer's final thought. It's all going to happen in four minutes. And I said, Pete, these are the three compounds. <laughs> you give me six compounds. Six compounds. You got some you choice. Yeah, yeah, you choose any three you like. I got some things to do, and I'll, I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. You went, you, went, you went to see the kids. You went to see the kids. On a Friday. I went to work on a Friday. I made some, I made some terrible things. Um, and then we met up again on the Sunday. We're like, today we're going to finish this presentation. We're going to turn this into a thing. Uh, and we tasted a range of sick drink components that Peter worked on in combination. We, there were some things we didn't taste. Like, we never got to 
uh, Espresso Velute. Espresso Velute didn't happen. No, that's something we're going to save maybe for a Barista League event yeah. one day. Yeah. We'll roll that out then. Stephen Maloney will let us. We, we cooked multiple coffees, in, like tea brewed with espresso, which was gross. Yeah. But we cut them professionally and at various strengths when yeah. we found oh, yeah. various teas. Um, we, did, we did make some things with butter. Yep. Which were less bad than they sounded. Better hot and cold. Yeah. I found that out. Um, <laughs> you were there for that one. Yeah. No. I mean, Katie takes a drink that was <laughs> split butter with espresso and something else in it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, there are a few other like limitations we said, uh, which mo- were mostly around you know workflow and things. Things I learned across the national competition, like we decided we wanted to try and serve a cold drink because it gave us some extra control, but also bring some of the elements that we used in the, the national competition, including the, the ice program, the slanted ice and glasses. Yeah. Um, just to raise the aesthetic of whatever we ended up with because signature drinks tend to be brown, tend to be in small glasses. Yeah. Um, and tend to be pretty gross. Pretty gross. Um, but it was also a case of like, Right, we have X weeks, so I was like, we're going we're gonna to... We're going to shave off a couple of weeks by using mm-hmm. some of the skills. U- using skills that you had, yeah, yeah, and hand movements that you've already learned from past to past like national competitions, so like, the ice was good, we knew how to make it. Can I, can I jump in here yeah. with a comment about hand movements? Yeah. Can we talk about the process? Oh, the process, the Irish process. This isn't something that really affects it, it's something, really something that affects Pete. I, I don't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> like, so, like, he says about this, but I'm, I'm not convinced it's a thing. No. <laughs> uh, so the, pro- the process, the process is... The Harris process. The Harris, yeah. The Harris process. Soon to be a movie of some kind. <laughs> a comic. Yeah. yeah. The Harris effect. A comic strip rather than magazine. Uh, is of when we learn something. We've done it a few times in a few run-throughs, and I'm like, it's getting getting smooth at it and then we have to adjust something so something moves on the table or I want that swept around like something, that, something moves on the table like that thing will never be there because it cannot be there because you're doing 10 things in that space Yeah. so it needs to be over the other side of the there, table yeah. and like that doesn't work or you're gonna, you're gonna switch up the milk jugs is the biggest one milk jugs are difficult because like, we change I was like how about you steam all one and you split it out yeah. and then the process is where one run two in, Dale Harris blanks <laughs> when he comes to that one thing we changed and goes, you can't see what I'm doing now, I'm just looking at a wall. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's taking a while. Oh, he's got it. No. No, what are you picking that up for? Oh, there we go, you got it. And you, you struggle for a while. And then everything after it is messed up because falls apart. it falls apart for the rest of the routine. So we, we change something early it was 12 minutes of nonsense <laughs> <laughs> then the next routine it would be picked it up a little bit quicker yeah. you did go do the last thing that we talked about before for a second <laughs> hand, and you know, that's not there anymore it's over there I'll go over there and then the whole routine gets messed up again yeah. and that goes on for four it was four run-throughs of getting the old thing out of the head and the new thing down and we were averaging what four run-throughs a day so basically each day we could add a change wouldn't, and wouldn't work change. through yeah, yeah. Um, process. And, and like you see it you just stop you were like fill with a ring fill, oh, I'll, pick, I'll pick that up now I'll, I'll touch that oh comfort I, I do, sweet sweet comfort I do like to hold my possessions when I feel uncomfortable yeah. just like the, the anger and, myself 
Like I, I do rituals with a lot of people. Yeah. And like Estelle, I do rituals with Estelle for this year's one, and she she pointed out that I make the worst faces. <laughs> like faces of disgust. Yeah. Pete Pete doesn't like it when <laughs> not just when you make a mistake, but. When you, when you go off plan, yeah. Like it, yeah. it is less about the quality of the drinks because, you know, they're getting marginally better. Sometimes you mess them up. But it's more like if you do something he's told you not to do oh. because he doesn't like it and then it begins to bug him oh. every, every time you do it. And then it goes beyond annoyance and becomes like, actually, he is he, disgusted by what you're doing. Like, <laughs> He's, he's offended because he's not just... It's kind of like you're ignoring him. It's kind of like so this, you're shitting on everything he said. So this is a, this is a trait that I have t- taken my whole career. Yeah. And like, you know, um, like I, in, in the past, if I would show a chef something, I would, I would spend as much time first time around. I, I would spend a lot of time with them. When they fuck it up again, I would spend more time with them. And I'd be like, this is great. The third time, you're wasting my time. <laughs> now, if, you haven't, if you haven't done that for all the time I've just given you, I am going to destroy you. And I would, like, I would get so angry. Maybe the third time I'll even land away with it, but if we get to a fourth time, oh, <laughs> no. Like, there's a chance you're going home. So was I, was I fourth time lucky each time? Is that it? The process is going to five. No, I got better. You don't like, know what happened. Even with Stella, I tried to stop making as many faces. Because like, I, I, she said it to me, and I was like, oh, it's really rude. <laughs> so I was like, I'll try, but I, I struggled. So I think the reality of coaching, like I, I want this to be useful. I want, I want someone yeah. to listen to this podcast and go, that was useful. Um, is that a, a vain hope? What? Like a vain hope? <laughs> is that useful? Yeah. Uh, the most important thing we have learned about coaching, in my opinion, is that it is very much dependent on the relationship two people have together. Like, there is no right way to coach someone, but there is, or there's no right way to coach everyone, but there is a right way to coach someone. Yeah. And that depends on your relationship and understanding each other and understanding when, actually, this will work for that person, this won't work. And that works both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the person being coached is also working with that coach to get the best help. Yeah. and understanding their needs and trying to adapt to those. And, and how they work as well. Yeah. And you're both trying to adapt to it so that you can communicate really well. And you don't get it right every time. And when you don't, you notice it. Yeah. But, but you also learn to accommodate the ways people work. So Pete learned to accommodate my process. Yeah. Um, I learned to accommodate. Like, he's demanding. And I needed him to be demanding because we had a short timeline yeah, and I was super demanding. I was more demanding than I would be normally. Yeah. Well, what I found really interesting watching this year as opposed to watching previous years is so, like, even last year, you know, when it when, when Pete wasn't around and we were doing things, and he'd be like, don't you want to do another run-through? Or, like, we should do another run-through. And he'd be like, no, I need to go do this instead. Or, no, I need to go home. And that was that. And that was the end of it. And something about the way you guys work together, but also the way that you guys work together, particularly this year, that, like... Pete definitely was like, we're doing, or like, you guys would make the plan together, but Pete was the enforcer yeah. in a way that... To the end, the, to the yeah. end, and you became yeah. a person who could do more run shoes. This never yeah. happens. It was yeah. nice. It was like, ah, oh, it's good. It was a good, nice way. It like, trickles down, because like, at the yeah. start, I was like, we're doing this today. Look, training every day. Yeah. And then by the end of it, you were like, I want to do two more because I wasn't happy with what I did today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of washing up. 
Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, so, I don't think it's impossible to do this on your own, but it's super difficult because you need that repetition. But you also, like, every time you do a thing, you make something dirty. Yeah. And, and I think by trying to do the false ones, doesn't work. Yeah. Like, it helps to have everything in place. And, and things like every time you do one, you know, in 15 minutes. And it doesn't matter how badly it's going. And we had mm-hmm. some bad ones. Yeah. We had one where we started practicing setup time. And it went well a couple of times. Then I practiced setup time at like 14 minutes 30. I was like, I'm all done. I just put this milk here. I put the milk there. And the milk fell off and covered everything. It covered my shoes, covered the floor, covered all my other items. And you look up and I'm like, carry on. Yeah, off you go. <laughs> so, hey, you, ain't, you ain't stopping me. Yeah. So we clean up and we went. And we, we, like, luckily we had enough, you know, we had milk in another jug ready to go. We threw some blue roll down. But, like you said, you felt you could have done a lot more practice setup time. Yeah. And... and It's a tough one to do. It's harder to practice the setup time than it is to practice the actual thing because that means loading a trolley. That means thinking about where trolleys might be in a place you don't know how big that space is going to be. Whether you're going to have one trolley, two trolleys... Or you can know how many trolleys you're going to have, but you don't know whether you're going to be allowed to use them. Yeah. You know, you have lots of questions. That or how big they are. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, so you have to have a bit of flexibility worked in. Um, I, I learned things along the way whilst we're in Korea. So the learning didn't stop until the end, the yeah. final. And I still learned things that day. I learned important things that day. <laughs> like? Like, bring your coffee. Yeah. Like, you can load your trolley... Load everything, and then double-check whether your coffee is on said trolley. Because yeah. my coffee was not on the trolley because we'd moved it around three or four times throughout the day. Yeah, and like, grinders, yeah, or it's open, grinders. and yeah. you can't sit upright, and yeah. shit things happen, and you're just like, oh, yeah. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of people running around. Since you're number six yeah. on the last day, there's a lot of people running around, and people getting tired as well. Right, we've been on for a long time, yeah. and I'm not sure that we said all the things we wanted to do. So, like, yeah. too long. We, after nine years, I got through a national competition. It was a really exciting time, and we had a limited time frame to build a routine. But there were also things that we really wanted to do with it because it was our, like, sending my one chance to the world. Pete had made the worlds before. That yeah. was a help. Yeah, hey, I've been a few times. Yeah, so he had coached a few people. He competed in Rimini, so he had an idea of you know what we were looking at. I spent time um, behind stage at previous WBCs as well. Um, there are a few things that we didn't want to do, and a few things we, like one of them was we wanted to have fun. We yeah. wanted to do something that belonged to us and wasn't just. And I want to say playing the game, but wasn't just doing barista competition, the way it can be done, because. There's no fun in that. There's no learning in that. We wanted to learn something. We wanted to try something. We weren't sure what it would be. We were going to play play with certain boundaries and not play with others. Um, I wanted to finish after WBC. I wanted to be proud that I could look back and like, we tried real hard. And we tried real hard. We did the thing. Um, We pushed ourselves. And so we spent eight weeks pushing ourselves. Yeah, I think it's enough. Maybe yeah. a bit longer, and there are four weeks could have helped. Yeah, and w- would have would have taken some of the pressure off. Yeah. But if we'd have had six months, we probably never would have built up that steam. No. Like, you, 
it was not a sustainable thing to be practicing at that level. It was hard. It was hard on me. Hard on you. Jan. It was hard on everyone. Like, hard for you. I just had to stand there. It was hard on my staff. <laughs> yeah. My staff had eight weeks where I was not useful. And a messy roastery. Yeah. Disgusting roastery. Full of sickening bubbles. Um... We did some interesting research for the GCMS. Practiced lots of milk things to get to 50 degrees in the cup every time. It's amazing what the human body can get used to achieving. Like, I, I could be within a one and a half degree window, just yeah. the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I could consistently produce four drinks at 48 to 49 yeah, and a half never, degrees. Never, never 50.5 yeah. or 51. And when we got the octopi, we were happy. Never happened. I got a trip to pie. What did you, what'd you call? <laughs> it, this, this was this was all drinks and acceptable visual. So, so acceptable ah. acceptable visual was one leg of the octopi yeah. mm-hmm. and the right temperature. I don't even care about taste because yeah. most times I can't taste that much coffee. Yeah. So it's like four visually appealing drinks all at the right temperature. Yeah. And then the closest we got was six. Yeah. Like... Mostly done in my visuals. I, I made some ugly looking beverages. It's, it's um, a thing you do. A sex to pie. A sex to pie. Yes. <laughs> Hex to pie. Hex. Mm. Hex. Hexagon. Maybe you keep saying it. <laughs> Sexagon. <laughs> that sounds like a room. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going next. This. <laughs> it's in Berlin, right? Oh, it's in Berlin. <laughs> you enter it through a photo booth. We were doing so well. <laughs> so we well. Well, we were doing long. We were doing long. Yeah. Where were you? Any other final clue? You were you were trying to wrap up all of the main yeah. points you wanted to make, and then you you got off on a tangent in terms of milk drinks. We decided we we're gonna have fun. We decided we were gonna learn things along the way. We decided we were gonna work hard, and not not overcomplicated. No, do what we were gonna do and do it well. Yeah, also achieve our goals. Like we we, we sat down afterwards, we were like we achieve what we wanted to achieve, and like we set out a few goals of, like just what we wanted to do like new tables kind of like use a different way of approaching sensory things and just a few little things science without being scary yeah. not scary is not the word but approachable sci- science without pretending that you're a scientist yeah because I'm not and without going one going too far one way or the other we wanted to provide an interesting service and something that was fun, but something that was useful and interesting as well on another level. Yeah. Uh, and um, then, we, then we had a stretch goal. We had 97 run-throughs. Yeah. We'd done 97 run-throughs. And this was kind of a joke. It was like, you know, we do 100. We do it three times. We do semis. We do prelims and semis and finals. That's 100. That is a win. That's a win. Um, that's a lot. That's... 25 hours of just standing, oh, that's a... standing talking to four people. <laughs> I had never thought of that. 25 hours of physical 
routine time, not yeah. alone all the other crap that you go through. Plus, twenty five hours of cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Takes fifty, maybe even more. Yeah. Because it's set up so like it's a good, a good seventy five hours to eighty hours of just routine work. So, at what point did you think we would get a hundred done? Um. Like, it's a hard question to ask. Like. You always want it. You always want it, but we had this kind of fear we weren't going to do well because we had a little turnaround. We weren't given yeah, firm we, so information. We felt we were doing things that were scary and risky and that there was a chance it could either be really good and really well yeah. received or bomb. Yeah, because the prelims, the sound issues were like, yeah. the judges were in the face in the same way and like, it was, it was interesting to see. So like, I think for the entire day of the prelims, before the live scoring came out, there was a huge part of it. It was like, what happens if you 17th? 17th? Yeah, now, already. Yeah. You know, we just pack up our shit and go. And like, we were happy with what we'd done. So this, this was the challenging thing is, you can do that routine and, you know, and I'm sure anyone who's competed has done this, like, be it in a regional or whatever, that you compete and there are things you are happy with and there are things you are sad about. And I finished that prelim day, like I was happy with the big things, but I was sad about some of the little things. I was like, you know, I'd made mistakes in my setup that meant that I was sloppy and I wasn't quite where I wanted to be and, you know, I was... Yeah, your times are weird. Yeah. And I think my, my big fear was, I was scared that one of those sloppy mistakes would have cost me a chance to do it properly. And so, when we found like when the prelim results came out super late at night and we realised that actually I think we, stuff worked we did pretty good like those things didn't hold me back people received it well and we could do better like we could do that but I could do it in a happier way and if we'd get another go to do it like that was a super happy feeling it was yeah. super happy and you know, a couple of days later, and we made it through the semis. I was super excited, and we did it. We did it again, and I did it with a little more awareness of what the situation really was, what the drinks would taste like. We did a practice time better, and that was a really happy thing. It was like I can do this, and I did it properly, and I didn't guarantee any results. No, but it did make me feel like I can do this. Yeah. Not, not only can I do this, but I can do it twice, and I can improve on the mistakes. And yeah, yeah. And I was happy. I think after semi-final performance, I was like, I was confident that was enough to get through. Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, if does that tomorrow, if we do get through, like I could see that, like placing in top three. And I was like, like, based on like this, based on like the results of the day before, and like seeing the performance I was like yeah I was like I'm confident but like so many big names so many huge people competing yeah. it was just like so tough to call so tough and like the semi the finals announcements was disgusting <laughs> like yeah. awful yeah because there was a lot of people who could have went through with the last name the last name you were the yeah. last one called because they did it in order and like the there day. was some big ones yeah like it was a big change around and I was just like oh because if you were following, like, the, the live ranking from the past few days, like, there were some people who were there that were no longer in the Yay. top six. Yeah. And when other people made it through that weren't in the top six, you knew that there had been a big upset so, and you weren't sure where it was. Yeah. So, I have a fun doing this talking, and it's interesting that we've been speaking about all these things, 
everybody thought about other people and what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess if, like, it's the first time we've spoken about it. Yeah. Because, because we were feels. so focused and everybody's so focused on their routine and their story and that. And they had the work they put in yeah. that, to go home to... Yeah. And that's the... But it happens. Yeah, but it's, but it's part of the, the hard thing or the, the true thing is that, like, you see... And that's, like, at the beginning, that's what we said we wanted to do, is, like, everyone sees the 15 minutes. Yeah. And everyone, like, like, I've gone back and I've watched, you know, Hughes, because I didn't have a chance to watch Hughes and Andres, because we didn't have a chance to see them during the thing, and we weren't in the right mental space to do it when there was time to go and mm-hmm. watch people. Um, but you can watch those videos all year round, and people will watch them in the future, and they'll put out good ideas, but nobody sees the time that you spend building that or understands the dead ends you got to or why you did things a certain way. Yeah. Because there's no right way to do this and we chose to do it one way because all those little choices over the eight weeks led us towards that one yeah. final thing. And it'd be flexible. Yeah. Like don't, don't, like you even have a thing in your head, like don't, don't always just go with it, like to be like, oh, we change this now. Yeah. And I got, sometimes I'm like, no, we don't change that now. Too late for that. But like, being flexible is good, letting, letting nature take its course. and Like, the GCMS and the signs would have never happened. Because that wasn't where we were going. That, wasn't the that was going to be a tiny bit of a, yeah. a bigger a, a routine. But, like, it was like, just, it seems good, go with it, you know, work on what you have. And, like, it, it, it works out well if you allow it to kind of flow and don't get too focused yeah. on one thing. We're not too scared when things aren't working out because... Yeah. Because it's scary when this happens. And you're like, I don't have anything. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> no more writing. Can't do it. You happy, Pete? Yeah, I was, I was happy. It was a good, I had a good time through it. Like, it's never, never the most enjoyable thing. It's not thing. easy. It's not easy. Like, it's, like, wherever you... I will say, a rosary in the middle of nowhere makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. Relying on delivery. Amazon makes it easier. Amazon makes it easier. <laughs> Amazon did well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like changing countries and changing cities when you do it, because like sometimes you get to know cities then where stuff is and where the shops are and what that sells. And like I can tell you where everything is in Dublin. Yeah. That you're ever going to use in a Bristol comp, I will tell you what shop and what shelf it's on. Only for many cucumber juice. Yeah. But not like wares and all this kind of stuff, or where you buy glitter, or where you buy sticky felt. I, you know, you notice in your city, you go somewhere else, you're like, oh, it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get out of the first take, that's when you're podcast. That's, well, that's, that's for a limited release. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else do we, people find useful from it? A good structure helps. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was a big, I've gone, this was much more structured than I've had in the past. Like, it's always been like a goal, my goal is like, Run troops, you do that. Yeah. I'm a big fan of high repetition on the run troops, but this was a much more structured. I think day to day goals, like was, daily goals, weekly goals. We said goals at the beginning that were tied to what we wanted from each other, what was important to us. Yeah. We then built goals for the routine, and both of those goals kind of fed into what we were doing each week. Yeah. And what we needed to achieve by the end of the week, and that fed into what we were going to do each day. Each day, and then you just break it down. I think it was like that kind of like tiny goal it's also good for you if you're doing an eight week intensive yeah. thing where there's tiny little yeah, you nuggets need the of, wins nuggets of wins yeah. you're like oh 
red. Crossed it off. Finally, finally made a pomegranate aroma. Yeah. Like there were, there were so many little bits to it and so many little challenges. And actually, we overcame most of them pretty easily. Yeah. And because we were doing them one by one and thinking through them yeah. and building on the thing rather than looking at the whole thing because you look at the whole thing. And like I remember like, I don't know, when we first went away on holiday and it was like, I got nothing. Yeah. Like, like they have to build a whole thing and I don't really have something to do it with. And I guess this is a very, a very immature form of writer's block. Like, yeah. Like you sit there and you, you have this opportunity. You never had that need to produce a routine straight after every yeah. competition. Yeah. Like you, you're always a build. You build on it for a while, a few months. Yeah. yeah. To be just like, like a demand on you. You know, give me it now. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. It's yeah. like, but you let some of those, you're aware of the time pressure, but you let it go and you think through the thing yeah. and you do it, do the thing. Yeah, there was a time where I did, like, we had a, we were like, well, we need to do this now. And I was like, it's, it's scheduled for Thursday. <laughs> you were like, no, no, it's too late. And I was like, look, if we get it done by then, it'll be done by then. <laughs> just follow the path that we're doing, we'll get there, and it'll be okay. And I think it's, it's a good, good thing for me, because you always need to want to do the fun things. Yeah. You just kind of, like, follow the goal you set and follow the, like, the structure you set for yourself. Those are the boring bits. Yeah, like the boring bits help you do the fun bits. Yeah. Time to wrap this up and get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the late podcast. It's a late podcast. Hey, Jen. Hey. You still there? I am. Yeah, we've been talking. Sorry. Well, but the thing is, like that, I think that's kind of what this was always going to be and should be, right? And, like you guys are getting asked really, like, and. You guys are getting asked a lot of questions right now, or at least Dale is getting asked a lot of yeah. questions right now. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> your job. But like, but they're... To my paycheck. <laughs> they're all very specific questions, and this was meant to be an opportunity where you could, you could say that, like, you weren't answering any explicit questions necessarily. Yeah. You were just getting a chance to, to say the things. So think about the things together as well, because yeah. there'll be lots of opportunities to talk about with different people on our own, but, like... To give people a little... Yeah, a little insight into what we did together. Yeah. Your highly functional slash dysfunctional working relationship oh, with yeah. each other. No, the kind, is there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For life in general. Yeah. Um, well. On that note, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I have my bread to bed. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. You know where to find us. We'll be here again in two weeks' time. And uh, I believe next week we'll be releasing our last video from the UKBC. No, second to last video from the UKBC. A few more of those left. Then we have some uh, interesting, exciting videos coming up from both Manchester and San Francisco. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, on that note, over and out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It's proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli.
I hesitate to ask this question. I feel like perhaps it should be answered. Maybe this is the best place for it. Are you going to ask about an item of clothing? Maybe. <sighs> so I'm point out that that belt in the photos today matches that trophy. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Let me see it. Let me see it. Uh, okay. I'll take, I'll take a look. So, a number of people have asked me, and people seem embarrassed to ask me. <laughs> people, people seem uncomfortable with it. And so they don't ask it the first time they talk to me. It's normally like three emails or seven WhatsApp messages in. So the first, you know, congratulations, it was good, it was great to see you, how about this thing? And they say, oh, yeah, you also were wondering about this thing. And then the third email is like, so yeah, how about the belt? Yeah. What, well, wait, what why are you in dress on stage? Uh, and that's been a big thing. Like some people have, have interpreted this as I was under deep shock and my natural reaction was to strip. <laughs> 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 Must cool down. <laughs> Must go and go to replace. Yeah. Um, some people thought that it was an intentional stripping exercise that I was just, oh, this is my moment. <laughs> I ain't gonna, You've I ain't gonna streak on the WBC stage. <laughs> and I ain't gonna put it out there that, you know, if that was my goal, I should have done that in the prelims before the semis announcement when there was a chance that I may not have another goal. <laughs> um, so that was a thing. Um, and then I was like, some people were genuinely worried about my health. Yeah. Like, see, can you not breathe? <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> um, and based on the pictures, I did look pretty pale. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the videos, I would suggest don't watch them. <laughs> uh, on the announcements were made uh, on finals day, and people's names were called out progressively from sixth place and with each name being called out, you know, my big thing was... My name hasn't been called out. <laughs> my name was not called out. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done good. I've done, done better than I expected. I am yeah. happy. Um, uh, particularly with, what, sixth? Kyle came sixth? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kyle was the um, competitor from the United States, so... All I heard was United. I was like, hey, good. I am happy. Uh, and as the names progressed, and I got to a moment at which I, I did not know what to do when I think Capo placed third? Yeah. Capo. Yeah. Capo's um, name was called out, and I was like, second. I, you know, I've kind of done second. And I was really uncomfortable at that moment because there's a little bit in you goes, maybe. Yeah. You get, you get excited to want to win then. Yeah. You're but like, oh, I want to do this. We're really uncomfortable with it as well. Like, because you don't want to let yourself accept that thing. You don't, you don't want to think that thing and that'd be a bad thing to think or be disappointed or... Um, so I'm standing there next to Miki Suzuki and, you know, I like, I both... I'm beginning to acknowledge that, you know, this would be an amazing thing. I'd be super happy. I'm super happy that, you know, I've come second. But also, like, Mickey's amazing. And Mickey is someone I've watched for years. And so I've got all these things going through my head. And then they call out who's come second. And they call out Mickey's name. And I'm caught between, like, two or three things, which are, like, like, I've won. And, oh, no, Mickey, like... That's a bad thing. <laughs> Mickey should have won. 
Um, no, the night before. I was in the night before, a couple of days before. The night before. Uh, let's just go back, like 2014. Um, in 2013, I didn't compete in the, the UK competition. Like, the, the year before, I'd been really hard. I think I placed, like, fifth or maybe third, I think, maybe. Maybe fifth, yeah. No, it was fifth. Yeah, it was yeah. fifth. Yeah. Um, so I'd kind of gone backwards from, from where I placed the few years before and it was really hard and like I'd put a lot into it and I thought I'd done a good routine for whatever reason the coffee on the day or whatever wasn't up to it. Uh, like I like the coffee that I made wasn't wasn't where I needed to be. And there were lots of reasons why that might have been the case, but I was like super bummed. And I was super bummed about competition for a while. And it wasn't that I had a problem with the competition. It was that I was like I don't have anything else to give to it. And the competition started the next year, and I was like, I'm not entering, and that's okay. And I really thought it was something I was okay with, and then it wasn't. I was watching other people compete, and I was watching other people do things. Like, I miss this. You're really like, I like this. And yeah, like, I could do this. Like, I'm, you know, my friends were doing it, and I was like, I could, you know, I could have done this. And I began to have ideas about what I would do, and particularly when John was competing in Melbourne, uh, I was watching that on the live stream, and started chatting to people and started chatting to Alejandro, who's one of the coffee farmers that we were with that has been, who was also watching the competition and having these cool ideas. So the next year I competed and I was using Ali's coffee and I was really excited about what we'd been doing because instead of eight weeks, I'd had pretty much a year, if not longer, to really plan something and work on something. And I was really excited about it. It was really good. Um, and we went through the regionals and we were really happy. We were getting better and better and I was really happy what we were doing. And we and my and Pete helped me thread that process as well, Easy, like yeah. um, to a lesser degree than he did with the worlds this yeah. year. Like you know, it was it's a national process, sort of different thing, but, but really helped, and he was part of it. Um, finals day, I think, from a trolley, and I'm all dressed up, and we're about ready to wheel out. And Pete looks at me, and just gives me a look. It's that disgusting look. <laughs> and if if you're listening to this after listening to Tam Tantrum, you're like it's a it's a look. Yeah, we'll 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 do a picture of that look one day. <laughs> I don't think we can. It's like the, it's like the We Want You poster. It's yeah. that look on your wall. Uh, Pete with dismay looked at me and was like, you are not dressed correctly for this. <laughs> and he like reached over and we get pretty familiar when we're getting ready for competition but he removed my clothing. He removed my belt. It was tatty. It was tatty. It was tatty. Lo- looked shitty. Yeah. So, a little above your apron and I was like, oh, jeez. He reached around and he removed my belt and put his nice new belt on me. That wasn't a new, I'd broken it in. He'd broken it in, he does some work on it already. Yeah, yeah, I put the hard work in. So he dressed me in his own belt and sent me out there to then go and almost win. Yeah. And there were lots of like happy things and sad things that day. One that had, and one of the sad things was Pete had to shoot off. So Pete shot off on the tube like a couple hours oh, later. Shit, I did. Yeah, and like I was... After that, I was really bummed, and like, I saw Sonia Grant, which was a happy thing, uh, wandering around, we had a chat, um, and you get over it. What made it all better, I was wearing this phenomenal belt. It's a nice belt. It's a good belt. And I wore that belt pretty much every day for the next three years. Like, it, it had a nice little dog ear to it. And I'd be like, can I have my belt back? And you're like, no. Every I time I saw Pete, he'd just notice the belt that I was wearing. I that belt you Nice belt. Um, you know, I bought other belts, but they weren't quite as good. Like, this is a happy thing. Yeah, you stole my belt. 
A stealthy spell. I mean, let's, let's, let's not dress it up. Here. So you stole my belt once. I, I think now because I had a hostage. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I freed it. That's what I was doing. So we were we were laughing and joking maybe yeah. the night before. We made signature ingredients. We made signature ingredients. Different we things. We made them. We made them in the bed. And I was like, "You win tomorrow. Can I have a belt back." Yeah, well, no, it was it was it was more like that, that's a nice belt. I mean, that's yeah. what I said. That's a nice belt. I said, "Yeah, it is." I tell you what, like you can't have it back. If if I win, you can have it back. Yeah, and it was that felt like an outrageous promise. <laughs> <laughs> like even at that stage, that felt like something. Yeah. Whatever else happens, I get to keep the belt. Really good people in the finals. <laughs> the best. Yeah, the best in the world. So I thought I was pretty safe. I was like, yeah, Hugh Kelly let me down. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate. He let me he let, down. He let you down. He let me down. Thanks, Hugh. Um, so yeah, the deal was, and for some reason when I was standing there next to Mickey. Yeah, I thought it was going to happen in the apartment or packing her bags. You might have thought that, but I, but I really, and we may not have said this, but I thought it was really important that I gave you that before I held a trophy. Like, that felt really important. At that moment, it was, I gotta take my belt off. I cannot be holding this. I cannot take the trophy wearing this belt. Yeah. And it felt... It's one trophy for another trophy. Yeah, it felt more important than anything else. It really did. I was so confused. I was like, I gotta, I gotta take this off, and I took it off, and I'm holding it. Yeah. I was like, you know, you nice. I don't have enough hands to, to say thank you to Berg and to take no, the trophy. I had to go on stage yeah. then. And like, so... I was like, I didn't know what else to say. It felt really important. People were giving me looks. I was like, can you get Pete for me? Can you get Pete for me? Like a lost child. And some people misinterpreted this as... Here's some water as well. Do you need the bathroom? <laughs> Do you need water? A mint? Uh, a mint, yeah. God bless. Uh, Alex Burnson came to take the belt away from me because he thought it was causing me problems. And I was like, it's, it's me, my Pete. And... I think I'd regressed at that point because I couldn't form whole sentences. I, was, I need my Pete. Uh, oh <laughs> Steve, Steve understood it. Yeah, he was like, get the ginger one. <laughs> He's a ginger one. Um, You're a ginger one. So yeah, the, it was Pete's belt. It was right for me to return it yeah. at that moment. What, whatever it might look like, that was the right thing to do. Um, yeah. That decision, making, belt. decision making <laughs> failed you after the company. I, so... It's part of the process. Yeah. Because I do fall apart when new things are introduced. <laughs> I was that was like, a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to have it. I don't wear it every day, but I like having it. I miss it. I'll, show, I'll send you pictures. <laughs> like, I got something to swap you for it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't attach my name to it. <laughs> yeah, so if anybody has like, some good leather belts, <laughs> please send samples. Please. I'm desperate. 